Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast with your host Pop Buchanan. This episode I want to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, and how that could relate to the substance abuse and stress and anxiety and it being an ongoing trigger for people and sometimes this is something that may be overlooked um, on a sober journey and um, for me um, I had to identify as many triggers as possible in order to successfully recover from my addiction and I think one of the major things that affected me was you know watching my dad die in front of me and um, and I know obviously at the time it was my mother myself and my younger brother and sisters and you know I know for the most part the kids was in the back and I know it was my mom and I and my dad was on the floor and I had to run into the hallway to get help and it was just traumatic because you know my dad was my best friend so that happened and you know we didn't necessarily go through bereavement counseling or anything and that was a very trauma traumatic incident for me and I think that followed me throughout the years and later on it kind of bubbled up as a form of you know partially it could be why I drank so much or why I had these reactions or I don't know but I definitely know it was a traumatic event and um and with the, without going through bereavement counseling as a young kid, you know, that was definitely something that was a trigger. And then also, in addition to that, you know, some of my friends dying, that that also could be a compounded issue. And then most of us go through traumatic breakups or separation, which creates separation anxiety, where you will lose someone that you really love. And so that made me want to talk about post-traumatic stress disorder because, you know, sometimes it's usually categorized under, you know, soldiers at war or someone who may have been in the military or in combat. And PTSD, I think, affects every one of us. I mean, you could be in a car accident. You could, um, you know, you could have been in a shootout. Someone could have tried to rob you. You could have been in a really bad physical altercation. You know, a lot of people hit their head or fall on their head. And it creates issues, cognitive issues and developmental issues and stress disorders later on. Um, so I just definitely wanted to talk about this today. And, you know, let's do a quick deep dive. So let's define post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder is a condition of persistent mental and emotional stress occurring as a result of injury or severe psychological shock, typically involving disturbance of sleep and constant vivid recall of the experience with dulled responses to others and to the outside world. Example, she was, she was undergoing counseling and psychotherapy after being diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder 
Um, an overview, a disorder in which a person has difficulty recovering after experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event. The condition may last months or years with triggers that can bring back memories of the trauma accompanied by intense emotional and physical reactions. So post-traumatic stress disorder is treatable by a medical professional, requires a medical diagnosis, and lab tests or imaging are not required. Related conditions are bipolar disorder, a disorder associated with episodes of mood swings ranging from depressive lows and to manic highs, clinical depression, um, a mental health disorder categorized by persistently depressed mood or loss of interest in activities, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, excessive thoughts, obsessions that lead to repetitive behaviors, schizophrenia, a disorder that affects a person's ability to think, feel, and behave clearly, anxiety disorder, a mental health disorder categorized by feelings of worry, anxiety, or fear that are strong enough to interfere with uh, normal activities. Schizoaffective disorder, a mental health condition including schizophrenia and mood disorder symptoms. Agoraphobia, fear of places and situations that might cause panic, helplessness, or embarrassment. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, a chronic condition including attention difficulty, hyperactivity, and impulsiveness. General Anxiety Disorder, severe ongoing anxiety that interferes with daily activities. Alcoholism, a chronic disease categorized by uncontrolled drinking and preoccupation with alcohol. Borderline Personality Disorder, a mental disorder categorized by unstoppable moods, behaviors, and relationships. Bipolar 2 disorder, a type of bipolar disorder categorized by depressive and hypomanic episodes. Persistent depressive disorder, a mild but long-term form of depression. Oppositional defiant disorder, a disorder in a child marked by defiant and disobedient behavior to authority figures. Post-traumatic stress, PTSD, is a mental health condition that triggers by terrifying events, either experiencing it or witnessing it. Symptoms may include fastbacks, nightmares, and severe anxiety, as well as uncontrollable thoughts about the event. So, ladies and gentlemen, why I wanted to talk about this today is that, you know, some of us in life, we don't really, you know, when we're going through addiction and recovery... It's like putting pieces of a puzzle together. You know, some of us have to go all the way back and really think about the origin of why, how we started drinking, why we started drinking. When did the, you know, if we were struggling from depression that led to the drinking, when did that depression kick in? What was the early warning signs? Um, and a lot of us don't go all the way back to our childhood, you know. Did, did, you know, did you have um, alcoholic parents? Were you raised in, the, in an abusive environment where your mother and father fought all the time? Um, you know, were you neglected as a child? Were you abused as a child? Were you, um, you know, were you, um, 
left abandoned as a child do you suffer from abandonment issues you know when you go all the way back into your childhood it tends to give you a sense of you know your current condition or it may give you some insight on your specific journey right so in my case I could go back and retrospect it's all about retrospect like did my father's death play a part in my addiction did I have a form of PTSD from watching my father die in front of me without the proper counseling you know did that follow me throughout my life yes because it was many days where I would get drunk and just go off on about my dad I love my dad I'll just be very angry I had this feeling like why does the why do the good guys die and the bad guys get to live and I see a lot of my father's friends still alive to this day 23 years later and they wasn't half the men the man he was and I'm like so why my dad my dad had to die young you know, why did he have to die of a heart attack at his home? And why didn't he get a chance to see the internet and all these beautiful things? And, you know, why us? And, you know, and it took a long time for me to really understand these things. And it really affected me. And, um, you know, and I think it's different when you know you get a phone call that a family member passes away and then you go see them in the hospital but to watch your father die in front of you it's a different ball game especially when you live with your dad you love your dad he was your hero and you idolize your dad so that's my specific ptsd moment where it was a terrifying event that I suppressed and I kind of went through life dealing with this. So I lost a father figure and, um, and you know, and at that point it was kind of like, I was like, what, 13, 12, 13 when my dad passed away, started smoking marijuana at 15 years old, right? Hanging with my older friends from the block. Then that led to, you know, um, smoking weed and then probably by 15, 16, I started, you know, trying out alcohol. And everything seems normal. You know, I go through high school. Normal kid stuff. You know, 15, 16, you go to high school. 16, 17, you're in high school. Well, f- yeah, 15, 16, you're in high school. You know, you're doing your little thing. You know, you have your little biz. Whatever high school kids do. Then you go to college and it gets worse. You, you pump it up. But for me... The episode started getting increasingly worse throughout time, you know, so that's where I realized that the, the, you know, suffering from this terrifying event kind of, you know, it triggered certain things throughout time, you know, um, I fought with my mom, I was a young kid, I was very defiant, so, you know, I had a little defiance in me. Um, I was kind of hard to take constructive criticism. I would listen to people, but I would kind of just do my own thing. I was a good kid, so I just was kind of like, I wasn't causing too much problems, but I definitely wasn't your normal teenager. Looking back, I wasn't your, I wasn't your normal teenager. You know, I was just like, just doing a lot. And I think it was coping. It was coping for this pain. I had nowhere to put that pain. I was pissed. And 
to be quite honest with you guys in retrospect i think i sensed that my dad was gonna die because you know it was just like for like he he passed away in october of 1992 and i remember that year it was just a tough year it was like my dad was sick a lot he was just home though it's like the last three months of his life i totally had like this psychic thing where i felt him dying and i kind of felt something was wrong and i remember coming home from school one day and my dad was just sitting in the car with no music on and i knocked on the window and i said dad why are you just sitting here like this and you know he was like you know i'm just you know and i was like but dad i love you man i love you so much and i gave him a kiss on his head and i gave him a kiss and said i love you and he said i'll see you when you go upstairs and it was like weird it was like my dad gave away a lot of his favorite records a lot of his worldly things he was home he didn't go to work you know i remember him throwing up a lot because he was sick um and he was just quiet and you know, some of you know most people when they're sick, you you tend to slow down and get a little quiet. You start to feel it in your body. You can feel it in your spirit. And my dad was a very wise man. But you're talking about someone who's extremely animated, life of the party, leader of the pack, total superhero, and he was just very quiet. And I remember the day he died. He, you know, we had some visitors come over. He talked to them briefly. Soon as they left, I heard my mom scream. I was on the phone. And my dad, you know, he started having a heart attack. And I ran in the living room. And I'm like, Dad, no. And it was like every fear I ever had in my life. Every night. That was like the absolute nightmare. The worst, the worst, absolutely the worst thing that could have ever ever happened to me and my family in our life and i'm gonna tell you guys i prayed to god for weeks and months at a time every day i was a little i was 11 or 12 years old in school and i remember sitting there and asking to go to the bathroom and praying in the bathroom and this is what i used to say i said god just let me be just wait till i get to 18 before my dad died i don't want him to die now just wait till i get to 18 and it was the worst possible thing that could have ever happened. And that same year, that's those same couple of months, he just literally died in front of us. So it was a lot, man. And, uh, you know, so then I'm like, what, 12, 13, going 14, 15. And I'm getting into my, you know, after that summer passed, I grew up a little. I got a little taller. I went through my growth spurt. And... I, you know, I was like the young guy in the house because my older brothers, one of my older brothers was in the seminary. My other brother was with his, he was just, um, I'm not sure if he was married, but he definitely, my other brother was living with his girlfriend. And I was home. I was the, the man of the house, man. And it was just my mother, myself, and my brothers and sisters, my younger brothers and sisters. And at this point, I was still good. I wasn't drinking or smoking or nothing. But, you know, guys on the block smoking weed, smoking cigarettes and BDs. With BDs are these little Indian cigarettes we used to smoke. 
And, um, you know, everybody used to have the little beers, the little 40 ounces. I'm a Brooklyn kid. We had 40 ounces of weed. Um, and that was my that was my terrifying event that I think I thought I grew past. And not years later, 15, 20 years later, after receiving the right type of counseling, I realized that I had serious bereavement issues and the fact that my dad died in front of me led me to really struggle um, in certain areas and definitely being introduced by alcohol by accident. I literally drank my first drink. I stole my first drink from a family's party, which is not their fault. I wasn't supposed to drink. I just picked the thing up one day, drank it, and it just totally got drunk. And I explained that somewhere in the podcast. But the point of this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, is um, PTSD. Um, are we? Are you struggling with that? Are you? Did you have a terrifying event? Do you, do you suffer from some form of post traumatic stress disorder? You know, um, again, it's a condition of persistent mental and emotional stress. Occurring as a result of injury or severe psychological shock, typically involving disturbance of sleep or constant vivid recall of an experience, right? Recall of an experience, anxiety and flashbacks triggered by a traumatic event, you know, um, you know, being in a car accident, um, your house burning down. You know, a severe breakup, a loss in the family. Uh, it's so many different things. You could have gotten into a really bad fight and got beat up really badly. Someone could have raped you. Someone could have molested you. Someone could have. It could be anything. And I think part of the human experience is that most of us are suffering from PTSD because we're at we're at we're in battle every day and we're in we're at a war. With the world and ourselves We're going through these events And we have trauma See Trauma is a real thing And I think that we undercut ourselves By just You know excluding this Or making this subject related to soldiers And at war That's serious But a lot of us are in the battlefield every day on the streets You know Growing up in Brooklyn, it was people getting killed right in front of us. It was gunshots every day. It was crack academic, uh, epidemic. It, w- it was crazy growing up in the 80s and 90s in Brooklyn. I mean, that's traumatic. I was talking to my friend the other day, Evan, and Evan and I both was, we both said at the same time, it was like, you know, we built up these guard. You built up this guard. You put your guard up for so long. You have to watch your back for so long. You're fighting for so long. You're su- trying to survive the streets for so long that you were literally a young adults and adults with PTSD. You know, how many of you grew up in a violent neighborhood where, you know, gunshots? Imagine the kids in Chicago. They have PTSD every day. And they don't have they don't have anyone to help them. They don't have anyone that's addressing this. And that leads to stress, and then that stress can lead to depression, and that depression can lead to excessive drinking. Now, what happens when you you have some form of PTSD or trauma, right? Then that leads to psychological shock, depression, right? And it's, it goes undiagnosed because you don't have the proper medical attention. 
So you self-medicate and then you do what everyone else do. You go have a drink. Now you are an alcoholic, but you don't know it yet. You're young, but you have the alcoholic gene. So that drink that you take because you're depressed is going to lead to a million other drinks and it's going to follow you throughout your life and then you're going to have this alcohol-related depression and problem and then you're going to need some form of recovery like I did. And then if uh, it's unfortunate, you may, some of us, get into drugs. Some people may get into drugs and then they may get into these hardcore drugs. So, for example, you're going through a traumatic event you're depressed. You try to find an outlet. You get into fentanyl or meth or something. And now you're hooked on these complex drugs, right? Or you try to numb the pain with pills and then the pills lead to heroin. And that's why we have these epidemics. So a lot of us kind of, you know, I think a lot of us is like we come from these broken homes, these broken households. And it doesn't matter if you're a millionaire or billionaire or you're a poor person. Uh, a household is based on the human, the humans in the house and the environment. You can have all the money in the world, and if your dad's alcoholic, you're still going to have the same effects. You're going to grow up in a dysfunctional home. If your parents fight all day and they're abusive, you're going to grow up with a lot of psychological trauma, physical trauma, mental trauma, and emotional trauma. So as humans, we have to kind of just look into our childhood and our upbringing plus our environment. Now, a lot of us on a recovery journey, a lot of us as humans trying to just find mental peace. We're on a journey. We're on a journey of self-discovery, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle back together. And we're also trying to make sense of our lives, whether we're recovering addicts, whether you're someone that's listening to this that's still struggling with alcohol and drugs and you're kind of sober curious and you want help and you know you need the help, we have to kind of backtrack and do the work. Now, so here's a few tips. One, if you could identify a traumatic event in your life, you were in a car accident, you got into a fight, somebody hit you in your head, you fell, you know, you fell off your bike and hit your head really hard. Um, you might have some cognitive issues or some mental issues related to that. If if someone died around you that you really love and you never got proper counseling for it, you might have to get that. You have to. So what we're doing here is we're going to try to attempt to identify our, look at our past and identify some form of traumatic or trauma from our past that could come in any form. Were you abused? Okay, seriously, think back as a kid. Were you abused? Did an uncle, did a family member, did your parents, did your mom or dad verbally abuse you? Did they physically abuse you? Because if you damaged as a child, you have to heal the child. You have to heal the child. And sometimes you have to heal the child by expressing the, 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 the trauma that the child experienced, right? Were you in some form of physical accident, right? That's traumatic. You know, getting in a car crash, I think, constitutes that. You know, um, 
you know, being on a roller coaster and it gets stuck and then you have fear of heights or someone threatening you to throw you off a building or you being somewhere where you was kept captive or held captive or someone made you feel uncomfortable. If a family member, preferably a parent or a brother or sister, someone really close to you died, if they died in front of you, did you ever have their um, bereavement counseling? Did you ever bereavement counseling is where you go to a specialist that deal with the loss, familiar loss or any form of loss and you talk it out, right? Because some of us has to have to talk about this stuff to, in order to heal. Right, healing is all about communication and expressing yourself, and 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 kind of like removing the layers that we go through. So, I need you guys to go back and identify. Step one: identify whatever trauma you had in the past. Write it down. Be able to visualize it. Think about it. Identify it, and then create a course of action. So for me. In order for me to really be recovered from alcohol, part of my journey was I had to see a psychiatrist. I had to have a therapist. So I had to have a, so a therapist was someone that I could really just talk to about everything that was bothering me and the process that I was going through. And my therapist said, okay, I want you to speak to a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist is going to determine whether you need medication and they're going to diagnose you and try to figure out exactly how deep the rabbit hole goes and kind of recommend the right steps for you to take. And part of my journey was we're going to have to sit down with a bereavement counselor and talk about the death of your father. Now, speaking about the death of my dad, I was able to kind of like heal from that trauma, put it in the right perspective and these are some of the steps that made it very that made it very possible for me to be extremely successful today in my recovery. Successful in what way? I don't have to go to AA every day. I'm not thinking about a drink every day. I don't need a drink. I don't miss drinking. I'm kind of like I don't drink. I can't drink. I absolutely understand it and drinking alcohol would never help me in any way. It won't help me with the trauma. It's not an outlet. I no longer need to numb myself because I had PTSD, but I healed it by dealing with the underlying issue, which was the death of my dad. Right. Also, you know, to some degree losing like, you know, a, a girl like to, you know, having bad breakups could could be could have been something that I, you know, I had to deal with that. But, you know, that that's part of making amends. And the last episode we did was talking about the 12 steps and the 12 steps of Alcoholic Anonymous really talks about a lot of these things. But I think that, you know, this episode has to be dedicated in some weird way to our war veterans and our soldiers because they actually all deal with PTSD in an extreme way on an ongoing basis. And the reason why I'm doing this episode is because they they led the way for us to identify these issues for ourselves. Because I'm not a soldier, I'm not in the military, but I do know what PTSD feels like. I do know what it feels like to constantly relive a traumatic event. I do know what it feels like to feel like subconsciously I had to drink every day just to feel normal. And it was abnormal. I didn't need that. I don't need it now. I certainly didn't need it then. 
but I was, I felt that it was subconscious. I felt like, damn, I gotta have a drink. I gotta get up and drink. I felt like I were, I wasn't complete unless I had a drink. It could be a normal day. I was a kid, normal kid in college. It could be 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you know what? Let me go get a bottle. You know, it wasn't every day. That's before it got really bad, but it would just be an odd day. And I would feel like, oh, you know, let me go get a six pack and sit in the park and drink a six pack. And it wasn't normal to do that. And when you see someone out there drinking excessively, it's because they're struggling with some form of trauma, some form of depression, some form of anxiety. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very short episode. The reason why I want to do this episode and I will elaborate in further episodes more on the subject of PTSD post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic stress syndrome. You may hear this a lot. Um, But I wanted to do this episode because so many of us in the recovery community, so many recovering addicts, so many people who's currently suffering from addiction, all all suffer from some form of PTSD in some weird way because... Another thing, we could all start out drinking or drugging innocently. You know, what does that mean? Party, recreation. But somehow when you're in addiction, it leads to other extreme events, extreme places. One of the songs before I rap that I'm going to play for you guys is called Extreme Places by um, um, Extreme Places or Extreme Ways um, by Moby. And the reason why this song stuck with me was every time I relapse, I will listen to this song because this song explains a relapse down to the bone. But the reason why I think people relapse is because of the PTSD from the addiction. Okay, so what does that mean? All right, I don't want to lose you guys. Follow me for a minute. If you're an addict out there, you know what I'm talking about. You're, um, you relapse, you start to drink, you start to do drugs. It's fun at first. It's fun for that first couple of hours. You feel awesome. Then it immediately gets dark. You immediately remember how lousy it feels. But then you're hooked because you're an addict and you have to use again. You have to continue to use. And then some extreme situation happens. You get drunk. You get into a big fight. It gets ugly. You lose your phone. You lose your house keys. You have a fight. You get kicked out of some place. Then you get into a fight and somebody beats you up or you hurt somebody and you wake up and you barely remember it, but you got a big scar on your face. And then you feel like, oh, I got jumped yesterday or I hurt somebody or I did this. All of these ugly things, right? These extreme places like the song is crazy because the song break extreme places I have been and kept me up every night. I broke everything new again. It's like you feel like you break everything new again and that's compounded torture on top of the guilt you're already feeling for relapsing. Then you can't control the addiction so you're continuously using again and then you want to stop but you got to play it all out till you hit rock bottom all over again. And then you constantly destroy all your relationships around you and they deteriorate. And then you get your ass kicked in the process. You hurt people. You lose the ones you love. Now, come on, man. One long binge could be 30 different cases of PTSD. 
How many times you get you get into a fight? How many times you fall? How many times you hit your head? How many times you don't eat? How many times you starve yourself? Addiction is ugly and it's, it hurts. That's why I'm talking about. So when they say PTSD is, you know, when you hear it and you think of the soldiers... You have to also think of everybody else that's struggling from addiction, what they have to go through day to day, the mental abuse, the psychological abuse, the physical torture, the the the, the pain, the withdrawals, the all of these things, the every process of it, even getting sober is traumatic. So trauma is not exclusive to the soldier, trauma is not exclusive to the veteran, trauma is intrinsic to anyone that's suffering. And 90, I guarantee you, I don't know the statistic, but every single person walking around has some form of PTSD that, that's going, that's undiagnosed, that's misdiagnosed, and that and, and, and they're not getting the help that they need. And sometimes you're blaming yourself, but you don't realize this could have been 20 years in the making, 30 years in the making. So I'm a big advocate to telling everyone in the sober community, cut yourself some slack and give yourself a break. Because this could have been, this could, this could be something that happened to you when you was five years old and you don't really realize it. Sometimes you might have to sit down with a hypnotherapist just to uncover the traumatic layers of our childhood. All right? Generational curses of alcoholism is big. You know, your grandparents drank, your parents drank, then you drank. How to cut generational curses, the PTSD of trauma from an alcoholic parent is real. So I want you all to read up on post-traumatic stress disorder. I want you to all read up on anxiety and depression and relationship to addiction. I want you to understand and identify the periods in your life where you could have had some trauma. It could be anything. I swear to God, you could have been playing sports and it got hit in the head with a baseball. That's traumatic. That caused cognitive issues and it set out chemical imbalances. Um... I want to shout out Dr. Amen, Dr. Amen from the, um, the I don't know if it's Amen or Amen. I have that whole New York accent, but the Amen clinics, the, um, this Dr. Amen, I think it's Dr. Amen. He's very, he's one of the deepest, um, neurologists and he's one of the first people that actually looked at the brain before diagnosing someone with a psychological issue. So some psychiatrists would just try to, through a question and answer process, try to figure out your symptoms and try to diagnose you based on symptoms. Dr. Amen was the first person that did imaging, brain image scans, and he looked at the brain and he states that there's a large amount of people who have mental disorders that go... um, uh, that, 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 that go undiagnosed and misdiagnosed because for some reason no one ever thought to look at the brain like you could have a prefrontal you could have a frontal a prefrontal cortex issue it could be something that damaged your amygdala it could be something that damaged your um, cerebellum and these different parts of your brain we have different hemispheres and parts of our brain you have parts of your brain that deals with emotions parts of your brain that deal with um, impulse control now when you have some form of PTSD and trauma you don't know what part of your brain may have been affected through some childhood or some trauma throughout your life 
and these things cause chemical imbalances which causes anxiety pressure um, addiction looking at the alcoholic brain and seeing how that he is a lot of science there okay and you guys know I'm a big advocate of science and bringing that into nutrition and health and this is me just connecting with you guys I'm, I'm here trying to find the, put the pieces of the puzzle together and I want you to know look at the science figure out if you had some trauma in your life if you was abused and got hit a lot Maybe you should get a brain image and make sure your brain is actually healthy. Parts of your brain could be damaged and you might need certain medication and vitamins and therapy um, to help you fix that. And, um, and we all know alcohol and drugs are not the answer when dealing with trauma. And if you're an addict and you can't stop and you have this a predisposition to alcohol and your body needs it to feel normal and and you go through the terrible vicious cycle of alcoholism like I had to go through just to feel normal that's not fair and you deserve better than that and sometimes being able to trace this back to some point of origin is all we need to do to get healthy ladies and gentlemen I'm your host Pop Buchanan um, December 15th, 2019 Makes seven years sobriety from alcohol I'm a proud recovering alcoholic I'm very excited to bring the Sober is Dope podcast to you Please Google PTSD Please talk to people Spread this podcast Share it um, We're not alone This is not exclusive to substance abuse. If you're struggling with any addiction, any impulse addiction, any psychological trauma, excessive depression, excessive anxiety, excessive fear, excessive stress, you're you're not alone. Maybe you, you suffered. Maybe you have PTSD and there's ways to get help and you're not alone. I love you guys and no matter what, always remember, sober is dope. Catch you on the other side.